Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Beis. Um, we're going to go from the ninth Aslan of Yud Aleph Amud Beis, 11b. <coughs> and remember, we're discussing why did Beis Shammai say that a woman needs to get um, uh, uh, for Kiddushin Bekesef, it has to be a dinar. A pruta we can understand because that's the base, that's the smallest coin denomination. And um, it's the smallest coin denomination. And uh, therefore, whenever you say a, a basic amount of money, you mean a, or a, a, an amount that would be considerable would be a pruta. So basically, it makes sense. But why, for the, what's the reason for Beishamai? So we've said, seen two reasons. Now let's go on to Rabbi Shimon Ben Lokish gives another reason. He says, Omar Tamay The reason for Beishamai is like Chizkiah. Before we go into the whole story of Chizkiah and how he brings it out, just because the proof's a bit laid out, but it's, it's built as follows. By Ame Ivriya, that's where a man pays the father to have his daughter as a slave, a Jewish slave girl. He gives, he has to pay him. One of the options there is Yud. Go back into it. So when a person marries an Amevriya, uh, not marries, he, he buys an Amevriya, there's an option of Yud. Yud is basically that him or his son can marry her. And the money that's given as the, the money that's given to buy her, retroactively is used as the money for Kiddushin. It's going to a father, but remember she's a Nara or younger. So anyway, if you're doing Kiddushin, it would go to the father anyway. Good point. We're going to see more about it later in this, later in this parak, I think. This parak's all about Kinyanim, as you see, largely to do with around Kiddushin, but it gets quite broad. I mean, how they play out in other areas. Um, but that's, um, so that's what it is. Now, basically we're going to see Fiske's opinion is that it's only a valid purchase well, it's only a valid purchase if yield is possible. I that the father or son have the option of doing yield. So, for example, you can't acquire your sister. Let's say that your your father wants to sell his daughter to your sister, and you want to buy her. And you can't buy her because there's no option of yield there because you can't marry her. She's your sister. And we compare this opinion compares kiddushin with yield. Um, what was the reason? I'll, I'll mention the reason at the end. But we learn out Kiddushin from Yud. Another aspect of buying an Amivria is the Torah discusses redeeming her. So you can redeem her, you basically detract the amount of years from what's left on her contract and you, and you redeem her pro rata. So if you pay, if, let's say if it's just if it's five years and you're paying 100 rand a year, um, so then, and she's worked two, so you'd pay him 300 to redeem her. He, this opinion also holds, just as yield, it's only a valid purchase if you could do yield. It's also only a valid purchase if you could do um, pidyon. Now remember, if you're only going to buy the Ami Ivriya for a pruta, well, then there's no pigeon because anything less than a fruit is not considered money. So that would be invalid. So it has to be a higher amount. And once you're saying it's a higher amount, and we learn Kiddushin from it, it will be the same higher amount. Let's see that inside. So as Chizkiah 
the reason for Beis is along the lines of is like Chizkiah teaches. The Amal Chizkiah, Amal Kra, Viv The pasuk says that you must be able to redeem her. Melamech migras mipidjono. You detract the amount of the Amivria to redeem her. The Yoitza, and then she goes out. It makes sense if you say you can only buy the Amivria for one dinar because then you could detract from a dinar and still be paying it an amount of money. If you can buy the Amivria for a pruta, you can't pay any less than a pruta, so you can't detract um, from her from what she's already worked. Well, maybe the Torah is saying, okay, so if you can decrease the amount to redeem her, based on what she's already worked, do that. And if not, then you can't. So, don't think that because it has to be similar to Yud. My Yud, I forgot the E-boy Mayai, the E-boy Lo Mayai. As we mentioned, by yield you have the you have to have the option. Not that you have to do it, but you have to have the option of doing yield. Call Any time you cannot do yield, it would not be a valid purchase of this Hebrew maid servant. Okay, as I mentioned, for example, your sister or your aunt or any one of the someone who would be forbidden to you. Any time you can't decrease from the amount that you're redeeming her, it also wouldn't be a valid sale. So again, as I pointed out, you have to have the option to decrease from the amount I take off what she's already worth, as I described the calculation, and redeem her. If there is not that option, then it was never a valid purchase of the Amma Ivriya. Um, and therefore, it must be that you're paying for the Amahavriya with at least a dinar. And Beishamai learn out Kiddushin from the Amahavriya. It says, why? Um, Sassol brought, um, I think it was Artbrow brought from the Tnei Yehoshua, I think it was Artbrow where I saw this, that. Since we see the kesef paid for the amivriya is used for the yiud, i.e. for the kiddushin, so too it must be similar to kesef kiddushin. So if the amount you have to be paying for the amivriya is a dinar, well then the amount you're using for kesef kiddushin must be a dinar. That's how Beisham I learned that space. That's that's Reish Lokish, it's an explanation of why they shall might say you need a dinar. And then, oh, just to finish up, so I'm a pruta loy matne, and then just as you can't acquire an amevriya for a pruta, so too you can't acquire a isha through for kiddushin with less than a pruta. And again, just to reverse engineer, to work this backwards, why can't you use a pruta for amevriya? Well, we've explained because. You have to be able to, for it to be a valid purchase, it has to be amount of money that you can detract what she's already worked when you come to redeemer. So three years into a contract, you come a few years into a contract, you come into redeemer. You have to be able to detract that. If it's a pruta, that's too small. You can't you can't detract that. Uh, then it says, "Aima palka de dinar, aima Where do you get a dinar? Maybe 
half a dinar, maybe two prutas. So kivin to afkisei mi pruta. Now, once the Torah is excluding a pruta, ukma dinar, we're going to establish it on the next. What's it? Uh, monetary coin coin value, and that is a dinar. Okay, so that's Reish Lokish's opinion. That, now we're going to see what's Rav's opinion. Why Beishama required dinner? Rav Amar, how many time the Beishama? The reason behind Beishama is so that the daughters of Israel are not like Hefker. Ah, you want to treat them? They're not just a thing that you can purchase for a dinar. You have to give them a proper. It has to be a proper value. I it adds to their prestige. Rashi says, just interestingly, we have a machlokes Rashi Ritva here. Rashi says, liknos muat, that you can acquire them, affect the transaction with a tiny amount. Beishamai was speaking regarding a rabbinic wedding. Doraisa, you're right, a pruta would work even according to Beishamai, but Beishamai hold, there's this Zaira Drabonan to elevate the prestige of. Jewish girls, so that it must be at least a dinner. And then he adds in an interesting thing, ah, oh, but then what if someone did give a girl a pruta? So would you say that Doraisa they married? Yeah. He says, no. Explains, and the Rabbonon uprooted Kiddushin, that is less than a pruta. Remember, we have seen this, I don't know if we've seen it in Kiddushin, I think we saw it in Gitin, that there's certain unique scenarios where where we know that when we're getting married, we do it according to the laws of the Chachomim, which gives them the power in certain situations to veto it. And that's what they're doing here. If you give a girl a pruta, less than a dinner, as Kesef Kiddushin, Chazal veto it. The Ritva says, um, gives, uh, where was it? Um, the Ritva says, um, So he brings Rashi's answer and then he says, And there's Inami, I think is correct. The Torah is saying a dinner. The Torah is particular that the Jewish girls are not treated as Hefker. To elevate their status by saying it's a dinner. It's very, uh, so he's saying it's the rice, and he's saying what, what the Gemara means. Rob is telling us is that's the Torah's concern. Not a rabbinic thing, you know, how are people going to view it. It's the Torah saying we've got to elevate their status. It's quite interesting. I think this is my own suggestion, so it could be total nonsense. But if you look back at history, women were often almost second class citizens, if not second class citizens, and they really were to a degree. I don't want to say not, not, not to the same degree, but to a degree property to be traded. The, the husband had full rights, as we've seen, in, as we saw extensively in Subas, he has all right to her money. You know, so it's very much uh, in the power. And therefore, we see the Torah is still trying to change the mindset. Saying, guys, don't, don't get the wrong idea. Jewish girls, girls are valuable. And don't think that it's just any other. Um, transaction again, even though here you're not buying property, as we mentioned at the beginning, you're being Magdisha, you're changing her status, but it's still as if you can do it with a small amount, it lowers the, the significance given to it. Very well, I was watching this thing that even in Morocco, right until recently, before the state, there weren't even seats in Shulfur, the woman's place was in the kitchen and looking after the kids. 
So you can imagine that. So, so when the Torah comes along and says, no, you think you're going to marry her with the pruta, yeah. elevated, it's, it, it, it's almost subconsciously triggering you to think differently about it. Yeah. Okay, let's go on. So then, basically, I remember pruta. Most of the rest of the pages uh, to do with their monetary system. Um, basically, the coins, you know, uh, one prut, how many prutas in a dinar and how many dinar in a cell, etc. So it gets a bit tricky. I'm not going to spend too long on it. If you into that, you can uh, let you do chathorah uh, tonight. But Basil, I mean, the pruta sovereign of Yosef and Neymar, pruta called the hood. As Yosef initially thought, pruta means any pruta. Again, you've got to remember in different countries and different generations, a pruta is going to be slightly different. Um, so one year it will be 10 grams, the next somewhere else it will be 15 grams, somewhere else it will be 5 grams. The pruta is going to be slightly different. So he thought whichever pruta you have there is the pruta we're talking about. So in South Africa you want to do Kiddushin, it would probably be with the smallest coin denomination. Either that or the smallest coin that you could actually buy something with. So whatever, a 1 rand coin, a 5 rand coin. But again, oh, that's less than a pruta value in the Talmud Shas. No, that's the smallest denomination that we have. That's Rav Yosef. It says, But we have a Mishnah which teaches how much, uh, sorry, a Bryso is taught regarding this, how much is a pruta, and we're going to see, one eighth of, an, of uh, Isari Talki. That's a coin. We're translated as an Italian Isar. I don't know if it's literally that. But so we see that a buyer says it is a set coin. It's the set value of a pruta. It's not whatever currency you're using or that pruta. There's says no, maybe when it says one eighth of of a Isari Talki, that's in Moshe's generation, that was their prutas, but nowadays it's whatever people consider a pruta. There's no Rav Dimi came and he said, She Rabbi Simai Betoro, Kamehi Pruta. Rabbi Simai told us in his generation how what would be the Pruta, Echod Mishmanabi Saritalki. One eighth of an Italian is uh, Isar. So if you, in that generation, if you used the Pruta that was worth less than one eighth of an Italian um, Ital, Isar Italki, Rabbi Simai would tell you that's an invalid Kiddushin. Oh, I'm using a Pruta. No, it has to be this pruta with uh, with the value of an eighth of an isari talki. So it's Abba Chiyas or Ravin Omar Rabbi Tustai, Rabbi Yana, Rabbi Shaya Shiro. When Ravin came, he said that Rabbi Tustai, Rabbi Yana, and Rabbi Oshaya Shiro come have a pruta. How much is a pruta? Echod mishisha be isari talki, one sixth of an isari talki. But again, we see it's a set amount. It's not whatever the pruta your locale uses. It's a set. It would be about copper weight. That's what you're saying. A pruta is not the coin called a pruta in your country. It's a coin weighing one-eighth of a isari talki. I don't know the weight, but it would be something like that. He says, Oh, then what about the following teaching? He says, Go see how many prutas in two saloim. What this is teaching us, if someone... Uh, misappropriates temple property, even if it's just by one prutus. He gets one prutus worth of benefit from an animal that was meant for a korban, something like that. He has to bring a korban worth at least two saloim. So it wants to show, again, how the Torah views. you got one prutus of benefit, you're now going to have to to do chuva for that, you're going to have to pay in. We're going to see the amount, but much, much more because you got benefit from Hegdish. It's teaching us how to think about that, that Avera. 
because you're going to have to buy an animal worth two slime for your korban. Says Yosef Malfayim, more than two thousand. Says now Hashdal Fayim Lohavian, Yosef Malfayim Korilay. Says it's not even a thousand. So, uh, it's not nearly 2,000. It's definitely not more than 2,000. So again, the price has said, if you get benefit of one pruta, you're going to be paying in more than 2,000 prutas. He says, if a pruta is one-eighth of an Italian iso, you're not. We'll see the calculation now. It says, Omar lehu ahu saba ana tenina lo korav lafayim. So a certain older said to him, what we meant is closer to 2,000. I'm not. It, sh- it shouldn't say more than 2,000 prutas. It should say close to 2,000. It says, no, at the end of the day, it's only 1,536. That's, that's almost 25% less than the amount you're telling me. So don't come along and tell me that a prut is definitely one-eighth of an Italian. And because of this teaching that, no, look at your Aveira, that you did a prut worth of an Aveira and you've got to pay back two slime, which is almost to korov, almost 2,000. It's not nearly 2,000. It says, no, and says, once it's more than halfway there, we're going to say closer to 2,000. I know 1,536 is closer to 2,000, I guess, than 1,000. So we're going to say, yeah, this is your Aveira. You've got a Prutla Aveira. You're going to have to pay almost 2,000, I close um, more than 1,500 um, Prutas. But again, we're still standing by our Pshat that a Prutla must be one-eighth of a Isari Talki. Kufa, now back to a point we mentioned. When Rebbe Simai um, evaluated the pruta uh, to tell them in his generation, he said, How much is it? One-eighth of an Italian Isar. And when Rabin came, he told us that Rebbe Shai calculated the pruta as one-sixth of the Italian um, Isar says Omar Leia Bailer Abdimi Naima At Veravin Bepluxa Dahani Tnai Komafligu. Ah, Rabbi says, seems that you, Rabdimi, um, and Ravin are arguing. The one said one eighth, and the one said one six. You're arguing in the following Machlokes Tanoim, the Tanya, as we learned in the Brisa. The Pruta that the Chachomim said is one eighth of uh, Isari Talki. And now it tells you the cal- calculation. Shisha mo'o kesef dinar. There's six mo'o, mo'o's again a coin, of silver in one dinar. Mo'o shnei punjonim. A mo'o is two punjonim. Punjon shnei isorin. And a punjon is two isurin. Isa shnei musmamim. Musmasin. And a isar is two musmasin. Mismas shnei kuntrunkin. And a masmais is two kuntronkin, kuntrak shtei prutois, nimtsa comes out, again if you do this calculation, pruta achas mishwana be isari talki, that a pruta is one eighth of an isari talki. Rabbi Shimon Gamil, Amir Shimon Gamil says no. Now you're going to notice Rabbi Shimon Gamil basically going to do the same calculation. Nothing changes too much except he's using different coin. Instead of using uh, rands, uh, rands and cents, He's using uh, what's it, pennies and uh, pence and pounds. So he says, I mean, he says, no, Shloisha hadraisim le There are three hadraisim for one into one more. So Shnei hinsin le hadrisim. And there's two hinsin in a hadris, Shnei shmoinin le hanitz. And there are two shmoinin in a nate, in a hanitz. 
Bays prutus le shamin and there are two prutus in a shamin. Nims a pruta achas meshisha bisari talki. If you do that calculation, you'll see that a pruta is one sixth of a isari talki. So we see a machloikes, you rab dimi and rabin argued, is it one eighth and one eighth? But we see a similar machloikes between the Tanakama and Rabishimun Gamil. It seems that you, Rav Dimi, are going like the Tanakama, one-eighth, and Rabin is going like Rabbi Shimon Kamil, that is one-sixth. So Omar Lay, he responds, Rav Dimi answers, no, Bain, did he, Bain, Rabin, I leave it to Tanakama. He says, no, both me and Rabin are going like the Tanakama, which makes more sense because the halacha is going to be like the Tanakama. Veloi kasha, hodi ikuri sura, hodi zuli sura. Here it's where the Isar has gone up in value, and here is where the Isar has gone down in value. The Isar has gone up in value, and it's now 24 Isar in Azuz. Azuz is a dinar. Um, and and this that it's gone cheaper is where there are 32 Isars in a Zuz. So are there 24 Isar in a Zuz or um, 32? Again, how many rands in a dollar will determine how much you're going to have to pay? Um, the explanation is basically a pruta we're saying is the standard. 192 prutas in one dinar. Here all that's changing is the, the exchange rate of an Isar to a dinar. So if it's, one to a, if it's 24, then a pruta is 1a. And if it's 32, then a pruta is one-sixth. Because again, um, you, div- you take 192 divided by 24, and that's how you end up with the value of an isari talki. You take 192 divided by um, 32, you're going to end up with the value of the isari talki in regards to prutas, one-eighth or one-sixth. So they all agree that the value of a pruta is one 192 prutas to a dinar, um, etc. Now we're moving on to the next point in our discussions. Omar Shmuel Kitchibitvar. If someone did Kiddushin with a date, he says, Even if uh, you can buy a kur of dates for one dinar, uh, you buy a huge amount of dates for one dinar. So when this man married this girl with a date, it was far less than a pruta. That's what he's saying. He says, Mekudeshes. They are married. Why? You have to be concerned that in Modai it is worth a pruta. I, this date, you're right here in Johannesburg, I could only, it's only worth 50 cents and not nearly a pruta. But in Modai it's valuable. Modai you don't get dates or for whatever reason. Modai is a very, very expensive city to live in. You know how they have that ranking, which city is more. Modai is a very, so you can, a date would cost more than a pruta. Maybe a date costs more than a pruta. So therefore, you have to you have to be concerned that maybe they are married. I guess theoretically, because this woman could take this this date to Modai and sell it there. With that in mind, the rich man asks an interesting question. He says, "What happens if it's an item that you'll never be able to transport to Modai because it will rot in the interim? It's uh, it's lettuce. So by the time you get there, or a vegetable. So by the time you get there with this." Vegetable that was given to her for Kiddushin, it's going to have rotted. So when it was given to her in Modai, it was worth a pruta. By the time she gets to Modai to sell it, she's never going to be able to uh, sell it.
um, because it's going to have gone worthless. So what's that not so interestingly the Ritva brings it again as a machloikes um, Rambam and Tosfos. He says, Since this pruta is worth, since this date is worth a pruta somewhere, it's considered money. But as long as it's something that could last, and when you take it to Marai, it would be worth a pruta. And then it turns out that he did give her something of value. It is something she could get a pruta for. Aval yerakos, vegetables and similar things. We talk about that wouldn't last until you get to modai. Kivel dahachal oishav yafruta, v'hasol i'eshal lo elicho. Haray ein kamomon klal, v'einu mukudeshes apidu kidushay sofek, and it's not even a doubt. V'chein kosav harambam zal, and so to the rambam. That's how the Rambam passes. So again, you telling me this is monetary value, I have to be able to sell it to get the money for it. If for whatever reason I'm not able to, then I, can, I was wondering how, how far do we take this? So let's say, I don't know, in New York it's worth that. So firstly, maybe um, I can get there within the next year, uh, 16 hours, I, I don't remember the flight to New York, um, but customs won't let me in with it. Does that count as something you would never be able to sell or not? I mean, many people are sneaking in all sorts of goodies. Um, a second consideration, I was thinking, what happens if... Uh... Right, let's go on. So that's the, that's the riff of bringing the Ramban. Shanti says it's also Ramein Ramgodal. I'm not sure if that's the riff of the Ramban. Um, and then he continues, he says, Aval, but it says you can't really call it a, it is valuable because you could sell it in Pruta. That's what Tosso saying. And I guess the argument is this. Yeah, you can give me a date that here it's worth a few cents, but I could sell it in New York for a significant amount. I don't know, I can't get to New York, I've got a job, I've got uh, the tickets too expensive, now I've got a date where I can uh, get to New York. The tick, whatever it is, it's not reasonable to say it's because you can get to Moray to sell, to sell it. That's Tosfos's response. He says, maybe there's someone from Moray, the team, right? And you'll see that they got married with this date, with the Yotzebo. Shain Kidush of Kidushin, the Yelek Oyoro came, the Yoro, and all the other Dawson Chavi Prutimukudeshes. You'll see, you might have someone from New York in Shul that day, or uh, at the Chuppa. He sees you get married with a date, and he says, oh, they, they ignored it. The Beijing said it's not a marriage, and she was allowed to go and marry someone else. He's going to go back to Mora and say, do you know, if you get married with a date, you don't, it's not a valid marriage, and she can go live with anyone. So Tostos is almost saying it's because of the confusion. Oh, one other interesting point in the Ritva. He then, in the next point, he says, um, once we hear, he says, oh, well, let's read the next phrase. So he says, oh, it has to be a pruta or something with the value of a pruta. I now you telling me it's the kiddushin even if it's less than a pruta. That's what Shmuel's saying. So he says, no. Oh, the sofek. No, it's got to do with is it a definite kiddushin or a sofek kiddushin. I, if you give a woman something with the value of a pruta, it's a definite kiddushin, she's 100% married. If you give her something that is less than a pruta, 
since it might be the value of a Prutze in Mordai, it's a Sofei Kiddushin. So they're not definitely married, it's a Sofei Kiddushin. That's what Shmuel's saying. And that, he's saying that's what Basilal are saying. When Basilal say you have to use at least a Prutze, that's if you want it to be a definite man. So now the Ridva then asks, he says, okay, wait, but what happens if, does it make a difference whether you know in Mordai that it's worth a Prutze or not? So he says, um, Even if you know with certainty that it's worth a, a, a pruta in Modai, We're only going strict Midrabonin because of Khoimer Aishasish. Because if you're going according to the strict letter of the law, you go after the place where it is. You want to know whether a man marrying a girl in Johannesburg is married, look, what's its value in Johannesburg? Is it worth a pruta or not? You don't have to worry about New York and Modai and uh, Tel Aviv, what, what's its value there. It says, however, because of the stringencies we're discussing, Aisha Sisha, we're going to go stricter and say that, no, you do have to be concerned. But that means even if you know its value in another country, it's not a Kiddushin to a because you go after where you are. But Midrabon and Rikhoi Shay for it. We just learned earlier on, I mean, I've missed a little bit, that a Prutz is not enough. No, that's Bay Shammai. Yeah. We're going in Bay Silaf. Ah, okay. Okay, cheers, have a good Shabbos. Ahu Gabra de Igdish Bezabdut Arde, there was someone who married a woman with tufts of wool. Yosef Rabsimi Barakia Kame de Rabba, comma, Ayan Bo, E. Ispe Shove Prutti, E. Lo, Lo, E. Lo, Lo. And Rabsimi Barakia was trying to evaluate do these tufts of wool have the value of a Prutta? And if they do, then it will be a good marriage, and if not, then it won't be a good marriage. So be E. Lays Bay Shove Prutta, Lo, you'd, but what difference does it make? Even if it's less than a Shove Prutta, won't they be married? Shmuel says, even if it's less than a value of a prutta, you have to take into account that it might be worth a prutta somewhere else and consider they're married. So why is, he, why is he bothering to check whether it's the value of the prutta, the way they're married? So he says, no. He says, Here we're dealing with Kiddushay Parai and here we're dealing with Kiddushay Sofak. If it's worth the prutta, they are definitely married. However, if it's not worth a prutta, then it's a sophic whether they're married. So it will have slightly different ramifications. For example, what would be a ramification? If she accepts Kiddushin from another man. So this man came up to her with some tufts of wool and said, Harad Mukudesh has the, with these tufts of wool. And she says, yes, thank you. Then they married. Um, however, it's only, if it's less than a shavu prutta, it's only a sophic. So what would be the halach if another man comes along and says, Harad Mukudesh, I'm giving you this gold ring to marry. She says, yes, definitely, I'd much rather marry you. Now, according to this, she needs to marry a third man, she'd need a divorce from both of them. Or to stay with the second man, she'd need a divorce from the first. Because again, if they were definitely married, you would ignore the second marriage. You can't propose to a married woman. The kiddushin doesn't take effect. You have another problem, because it's a Suffolk marriage. Would the children be mamzers if she didn't get a divorce from the first one? It would be Suffolk mamzers. And how, or maybe we wouldn't go so strict, or you have to see how they treat it. Yeah. So, there was someone who married a woman with a blue stone. 
Again, not, not too clear what's the value of this blue stone. It says, in the Elo law, Rav Chizda was trying to work out whether it has the value of the Pruta or not. If it has the value, then they would be married. If not, they would not be married. So Gmoraz, Avi Ela, Ispa, Shove Pruta law. You're telling me that if there wasn't a Shove Pruta, they wouldn't be married for Homer, Shmuel, Chai Shinan. Shmuel says, We worry. You have to take into account that maybe somewhere else this blue stone is worth a Pruta. He says, No, Rav Chizda, Loi, Sovri, Leiter, Shmuel. Rav Chizda does not hold like Shmuel. Now, interestingly, we, why didn't we give the same answer we just gave? They, no, he wanted to work out, are they definitely married, or is it a sophic whether they married? Why do we give Sarah Chizda doesn't hold like that? So the different Rishonim give different answers. For example, Tosas here says, Here we can't say he just wanted to know whether it was certain or, or, or sophic married. Why? Because the case is where she married his brother afterwards. It says, with a pruta. It says, And Rav Chizda wanted to uproot the first Kiddushin. Again, because again, if it's his brother and then she performs Kiddushin on the second man, that's the brother. So Ruvain and Shimon are two brothers. Ruvain marries this woman with this blue stone. And then Shimon comes and marries her with something definitely worth a pruta. If it's a sophic whether Ruvain's married, then Shimon could never be married to her because you can never marry your brother's wife. So even if she gets a divorce from the first husband, she could never marry the second husband, the Shimon. So according to Rav Chizda, what's the point here? She must get divorced from both of them. So no, he's the one. So you can't give that answer that we're dealing with the sophic. And um, Tosos carries on for a bit, but let's go on in our sukkah. So loy sovel or shmur, Rabchizda does not hold for shmur. Ah, you go after you getting married in Johannesburg. What's the value of that item in Johannesburg? You don't have to worry about its value in Mordai, in New York, etc. Says ah, Omrelei Ema Bahoahu Yumed the Kodesh Habe Beishove Pruta. The mother comes along and says. But wait, on the day that he gave her that blue stone, it was worth a pruta. I remember its market value. We went to the, I don't know, who's an expert in stones, just before the chuppah, and he said, ah, yes, it's good, it's worth uh, a pruta and a half. It's worth two prutas. And now it's less. So he says, you don't have the right to oyster her. And he gives an example where, again, you, how do you, how, you want to cancel, you want to say that this woman's forbidden to another man, etc. You have to bring aid in. Otherwise, we ignore what you say. It says, This is similar to the case of Yehudis, the daughter of Rebbe Chia. Sorry, the wife of Rebbe Chia. To have a tsar later, she's really struggled in pregnancy. So she didn't actually want to be married because she might fall pregnant and go through that terrible pain. She says, Omrili aim, Kabil Beich, Avucha Kidusha Kizuteres. So she says, My mother told me that my father accepted Kiddushin for me when I was a little girl. I, you, Rab Chizda, can't be my, you, Rabbi Chia, can't be married to me because my father accepted Kiddushin when I was much younger. That's what my mother just told me. Says Omar Law, he said to her, Allah called him and I have to aim it to Osra Layolai. Layolai. So your father, your, your mother doesn't have the right to oyster you on me. I, she wants to say, as far as we know, we're a married couple. You want to change that? You have to bring proof. Omar Rabbonan said to Rabbhizda, Am I? Why? How can you say she's not married to the first man? 
هایی که سهدی به ایدیس دی یاد ادبهی یوم دهوه به شاق پروتا وی هر رومه در ایدیم این ایدیس فاروی تاون در اکشلی کن تستفای در آن نه دی It was worth a pruta. I very similar to our weddings. Often you'll hear the person running the chuppah, the masadi kedushin, turn to the item and say, "Can you see this ring? Can would you say it's valued at more than a pruta?" They give their professional opinion and say yes. So they, they so they like we know we we heard a, heard a rumor about these guys elsewhere that know this. So he says, so he proves says, "Now hash to me a loy listenu kaman." Says he says, "I don't have to worry about item. They're not here." Says Lab Hanud Rabbi Chanina, like we saw by Rabbi Chanina, the Amr Rabbi Chanina, Aidel, but said Astan v'Tistar, the Aidim are far, far away, and you want to tell me that I should treat her as also to a coin? Either were men who were saying that she had beer with someone who was possible to her. If I remember the case there, it's from uh, Ksubos, and now and coming along with rumors and saying no, she was married. Um, and sorry, she slept with someone possible, and she's also to a coin. He's like. Bring Aidim, like another no, no, Aidim have skipped the country. He's like, like, that's not enough. And if you think about it it's, uh, from this aspect, it's quite logical. You can't leave every scenario in doubt because maybe there Aidim that will come and testify. Like you're never going to be able to move anywhere in, with Isur that you need. Uh, as soon as there's a marriage in doubt, you're going to have to be, well, maybe we better hang around for the next Till Mashiach come, till Eliyahu Anobi can come and verify that they're not Adim. You can't say that. So that's what he says. Oh my Rava, lo. Now Tosfos say a very important point in qualifying this, because sometimes when would you have to worry and when would you not have to worry? Sometimes it's reasonable to expect that. Like I'm saying, the kiddushin in our marriages, there are many people standing around the kiddushin. You're asking the Adim who are witnessing the kiddushin whether this item's worth a pruta. So you're telling me there the two Adim have gone overseas and you're going to say no, no, they overseas. I don't have to worry about them. It's very clear that the Adim there. So when you're going to, how are you going to determine it? So Tosos here he says, says You can't explain it that we have to worry that perhaps they're Because then forever onwards you're going to have to worry. In every single scenario, there might be Adim to what to our question. So you can't worry about that. Says And you also can't explain it. Sahadi de yada da bihisha sahada bay. Shove pruta. The pshita da alzeroi la hachmir. And it also will be a case where you're certain that the Aidin who could testify that is shove pruta. Because in that case also, obviously you would have to go strict. Ah, you tell, oh, you're telling me when you were at the chuppah, the two Aidin said, yes, it's worth a shove pruta. And now they obviously, obviously you have to go strict in that case and wait for them or verify. Says El Anira Lari, the forest, therefore the Re says you have to explain it. When we say that they're witnesses, we called it Idis or Abubinazayah. He says, no, there's a rumor that there were Adim. It's, it's not bizarre, it's, it can't be the bizarre case that we know they're Adim. Because then obviously you have to go strict. And it also can't be the case where there's no Havamina that they're Adim because. You'll never ever be able to move on in, a, in this sort of case. So he says, what it means here is that there's a rumor. He says, we heard that there were Adim at that chuppah who verified the value. So on that rumor, our sister's prepared to say, I don't have to worry about Adim at the opposite end of the world. 
says, now, Abai and Rava, it's very like the hard Rav Chizda. Abai and Rava do not hold for this opinion of Rav Chizda. Oh, sorry, wait. Oh, sorry, I'm listening. Rav Chanina, just remind me of Rav Chanina's case, was the famous case with the daughters of, was it Shmuel, Avur Shmuel, who were captured. Before anyone realized they were captured, they went to the basin of Rabbi Chanina and said, we were captured, but we weren't raped. Now remember, what happens if a girl's, if they witnesses that a girl was captured, um, what's the halacha? Then she becomes also to a kohen. But here they had a migu, so he said they permitted to a kohen. Everyone came to him and said, oh, but they ate him. He said, they ate him far away, I don't have to worry about them. So he comes along and he says, So, so Abai and Robert says, Abai and Robert says, You can't learn from Rabbi Khanina to our case. Because Rabbi Khanina's case, there's more grounds to say that she's not going to be raped because she's going to make herself ugly to her captors. Whereas here we're dealing with a married woman, there's no grounds to say that. So Tosos brings slightly. She well, that's the, that's the migoy. Yeah. But say, Tosos go on to different grounds, like they bring in at least two others. We're starting to run late, so I'm just going to mention the one. Maybe we'll come back to it. It says, um, It says, because it's always only Dirabonan. If you have witnesses that a girl is captured, only Midrabonan is she also to a kohen. If you have witnesses that this stone was the value of a pruta, Doraisa, she's a married woman. So even if you resolve it with witnesses, this, this answer I found a bit clearer than the Gomorrah and the Tosas based on his girsa than, than the way I explained the Gomorrah. But so if you, even if you bring in the witnesses, in Rav Khanina's case, it's only going to be also Dravon and Turkai. In our case, you bring back the witnesses, that's going to be also Doraisa. So by and Robert say you can't compare them, Rav Chizda, and therefore here we would have to worry. That's quite an easy, I feel that's a clearer distinction in Rav and Rav and Abaya versus Rav Chizda. It says, They were actually descended from that family in Surah, and the rabbis never used to marry them. Not because they held like Shmuel, that you have to worry that this item, that this blue stone was not worth a pruta, but maybe in New York it is worth a pruta. Remember that was Shmuel, that's not the reason. They held like Abaya and Rava. Abaya and Rava, the ones who says, nah. They might, we, we, apparently there's a rumor that they ate him, and therefore we should try to verify it with that ate him. Therefore people weren't, they weren't keen to marry the Rabbon, and who were particular not to marry the descendants of that family, because it's bought from a soft, they were born from a Sophic HSH. There was a person who did Kiddushin with a myrtle branch. It says, Beshukah, in the marketplace. With the myrtle branch in the marketplace. What's the halacha here? I think he's asking, do I have to worry whether it's worth a pruta or not, like Shmuel taught? He says, no, give him lashes, give him lashes upon to Rav, and get like Shmuel. Rav, we're going to see Rav's halacha here, but Shmuel says, if a woman marry, if you marry with something worth less than a pruta, you have to be concerned that maybe somewhere else in the world is worth a pruta, and therefore you treat her as married. That's why she needs a get. says, oh, the Rav, now Rav, the Rav mangid al hamakadesh b'shuka, Rav says you get lashes if you get married in the marketplace, but the makadesh b'bia, or if someone does kiddushin through beer, you give him lashes, but the makadesh b'loy or you get married without any uh, discussion, but the mevatel gita, 
or if you uh, someone who's mabato a get halfway having sent half, after having sent the get before it arrives at the woman he cancels it because remember you can run into dangers there when did the get reach it reach it or not someone who says the get was given against my will you also give him lashes someone who harasses someone sent by the basedin the, what's it? The sheriff. That's who's sent by the base, and that's or uh, someone like that. He harasses them, gets lashes. Someone who remains in Chayyim for 30 days, for more than 30 days. Why? Why should he get lashes if he remains in Chayyim for more than 30 days? Because he should have done tshuva. He should have said they're putting him in Chayyim for a reason, and he's not fixing that. Then he gets lashes. Once he's been in Chayyim for 30 days, you give him lashes. For that, it says, Sorry, a man who lives in his father-in-law's home. There's a suspicion between the mother-in-law and the son-in-law that they're getting a bit too familiar with each other. Um, a mother-in-law has a good feelings about her son-in-law, so it can easily lead to trouble. So if the son-in-law is staying by, the, by his in-laws, give him lashes. The dire in chiluf, we're just going to interject and we say, the dire in chiluf law. You're telling me only if he lives there. What happens if he stays there or just goes visit? You see him go visit his in-laws very often. There was a chassan who just went to, popped by his in-laws house and Rav Shashas gave him lashes. I know, they weren't living there, they just popped by. So he says, no, no, I die, Omri, sorry, I skipped it, I made him have a diamond to come say me now. There were already suspicious rumors about him and his mother-in-law. So that guy, he just stops by his, uh, his mother's house, his mother-in-law's house, he'd give him lashes. But in a normal case, it's only if they're living there. Serious. Yeah, it's more serious, more suspicious. Um, just to go back to some of these. So firstly, this last one. We see many couples stay in their in-law's house nowadays. I think, I think Tossus discussed it. Um, yeah. Um, Tossus is going to give a lens, right? He says, no, everyone knows nowadays, why do people stay in their in-law's house? Of course, I want to be closer to them. It's a financial consideration. We'd rather save on the rent. So therefore, that's Tossus. He, he's actually going to pin it on the next halacha, but that would be a swore to make a distinction. Other bring, others bring different reasons. What's the reason for most of these, at least the first half of the list, getting married in a marketplace, getting married through beer, all those things? It's, or, and especially getting married through beer, it's pritzels. What does that mean? It's not an appropriate way to behave. And they're slight, oh, very good. I think that's one of the key things that's cheapening it. The marketplace is where you do business. You're marrying a woman. It's disrespectful. It's cheapening it. That's not where you get married. It's inappropriate. Makarej Bavia. So there again, they look at it different ways, but one of them is, uh, the one answer brought is, that's how they used to get married before Matan Torah. You agreed, you, you and this woman agreed to get together, so you get together and now you're married. Now we, B'nai Israel, we have Kiddushin. You want to consolidate, you want to have a structure in place before you move on to Bia. Um, there, there are a few reasons there, but I think they largely, um, um, they largely lean to what Gav says, Kinyanim. Um, the marketplace again, it's very, it's where you do financial transactions. Uh, what else is there? Um, Rambam says, if you format in Torah, um, some say it appears promiscuous. You see a husband and a wife, you know they've never, uh, uh, you see a man and a woman together, I never, they never got married or whatever, they never did Kiddushin, and all of a sudden they're going alone together. 
for that. And then others want to just add, it's also very promiscuous because you're almost summoning aiding for them to be alone together, which is a little bit problematic. Again, that's not, some don't want to worry about that because it's just to yichud, it's not to think, but that would be there. Now it says, Nahadai, Omri Nahadai say with all of them, we don't give lashes except for someone who marries in Kiddushin, without an agreement to get married first. That's the only time Rav gives lashes. Even if there is it's still inappropriate. Even if the husband and wife, yeah, let's get married, let's get married. Okay, we'll do Kiddushin Vibia. That's still worthy of lashes. So he's taken out that whole list of cases that you'd give someone lashed, except for Makarish Vibia, or Makarish Vibia with that. Um, I think let's stop there for today. We'll leave the rest for Shabbos' stuff, and I'll see you, see you tomorrow.